I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. A series of coordinated militant attacks in Afghanistan finally ended today, 18 hours after they began. In Kabul, the militants targeted a district that houses embassies, NATO headquarters, and the Afghan parliament. More than 50 people were killed, including at least 36 insurgents. U.S. officials say the attacks were the work of the Haqqani Network. That's a militant group that has ties to the Taliban and al-Qaeda. Shafula Afghan is a former Afghan police official who's based in Kandahar. He says that once the attacks began, he saw Kabul residents quickly take shelter indoors. I was in the city, moving in the city, and I was amazed by the people, that how the people just disappeared. A lot of people went to houses to be safe, to be secure. I was just amazed that in minutes people just disappeared from the street. One of the, the things that seems most disturbing, aside from the fact that this uh, the series of attacks went on for 18 hours, is that it transpired in what's known as kind of the Ring of Steel in Kabul, where there are embassies, the presidential palace, How was it that whoever the perpetrators were, and we can talk about that in a minute, were able to have such long access and do such damage? The good thing, as I can mention, is the reaction of the Afghan security forces did a very great job with their quick response. With this big number of uh, insurgents, it's not easy to stop people like, for example, suiciders, are, I mean, they are ready to be killed. So it's really easy for, uh, for them to get to any point they want. They are in groups. One of them blew up himself that let the other to get into the situation. That's how they usually work. But can but I just interrupt, to, just to interrupt for one second, wouldn't that make them even more able to be apprehended? And this tactic of suicide attacks is not new to Afghan security forces. Most of the time, the Afghan security forces are not at that alert point that every moment you can expect a suicider. They, they weren't expecting but, it. Yeah, you cannot expect that. The most important thing is the intel. We don't have enough intel on that. The intelligence. The, the first thing, yeah. So you say that once the, the Afghan forces did respond to the attack, they responded well, but they also had help from NATO. There were NATO Black Hawk helicopters that ran seven strafing runs in order to try and and dislodge the perpetrators. Could the Afghan forces have been as successful as they were without NATO's help? We started everything from zero. If it's the police, if it's the army, we started everything from zero. At least it takes 15 to 20 years, in my experience, to have a well-trained police and uh, Afghan army. So it's not easy to say that the are capable of doing that operation. They did their best. Well, then I wonder if America's withdrawal from Afghanistan is something that you feel as though Afghanistan is ready for or not. There are 90,000 U.S. troops there now. 23,000 are supposed to be leaving by the end of September. Do you dread the withdrawal, or do you think that, uh, that Afghan forces will step up when America steps back? That will be not easy. We don't have the professional police. If you have a group of snipers, a very well-trained group of snipers within the police headquarters everywhere, they can tackle the situation much better than right now we are. We don't have professional criminal investigation department guys. We don't have police, counter-narcotic police force that we have. They are not professional, that they can collect evidence. We are lacking still on that side. You have uh, what sounds to be a good job. You get around in Afghanistan. You have a lot of contacts 
it would seem obvious that you would want to stay, but you're doing it against a backdrop that is extraordinarily dangerous and daunting, and it doesn't sound like you have a lot of confidence that things are going to get better anytime soon. How come you do stay there? If I compare my country back to time of Taliban before 2002 and today, there has been a big changes. For example, you have like 6 million children going to schools. You have universities. Like in Kandahar City, I was never expecting girls going to university. Now girls are going to universities. They are attending online courses. That's the kind of stuff that's happening on positive side that give me the hope that I'm staying in my country and I'm looking for a future that we will have a good future. Nice to talk to you. Shafula Afghan, who lives in Kabul, he was a former official with the Afghanistan police force. We spoke to him from Kandahar. Thanks a lot. You're welcome.